Hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you guys are having an absolutely terrific day today and lots of different news articles going on. Ted's actually traveling right now, so I will be heading the show solo today, and i got a lot of different stuff for you guys to go over. And one of the first things I want to do is continue to remind everybody and it's absolutely crucial that people are continuing to talk, email, social media, whatever platforms you can get out on. Make sure you're talking and exposing a lot of this stuff, that, especially the stuff that people really need to know about. There's so many things that are happening on a daily basis that I get sometimes it can be grossly overwhelming, especially if somebody's not awake or they don't really know what's exactly happening. But certain things have to be addressed, one of those being like the injections for these young children, other things like drag queen story hours and all the other perversion that's taking place. Another thing is making sure that people basically have some type of adequate supplies, gear, water, food, etc. I was on the phone last night with a uh, car dealer that I know, a guy that sells cars up in Orlando, and we were talking for about 15, 20 minutes about different stuff in the markets, and he's talking about certain cars, how they've still been going up. Other cars are starting to drop really, really heavy right now with the market and the economy. And one thing he said that's interesting is he said, we're starting to kind of see this trend where stuff is still really expensive in some cases, in some vehicles that are mass-produced, but yet the prices aren't dropping because a lot of what's happened now is these dealers went really, really heavy in a buying spree on some of these cars that, you know, stuff that's not anything rare, you know, like a standard BMW or Honda Civic or something, which those are great cars, but they don't, they're not some exclusive, you know, they only make a couple thousand of them a year. They're mass produced vehicles. And he said, you know, these dealers that were literally trying to charge, you know, five, ten, fifteen thousand over sticker in some cases, if sometimes more on sometimes used ones. He said was just so far-fetched on cars that was mass-producing. He said, no, what's happening is now a lot of these dealers are stuck with some of these cars that they put way too much money into because they had planned on gouging people and basically ripping them off with massively overpricing them. And he said, now nobody's wanting to buy them because people are starting to realize, you know, paying 5 6 $7 a gallon for fuel is starting to bite into certain things. And he told me that a lot of people now he's talking to are starting to kind of direct their focus on having other backup security and supplies. And we were talking about guns and ammo, and he was talking to me about also as well as far as supplements and food buckets and different types of food and canned foods. He said he's been going to the store and buying you know extra canned foods every time he goes in and basically just stockpiling them in a certain section of his house and uh, rotating out of them. And he was telling me about how you know length of time he had that he could pretty much eat at the house and not have to go anywhere if he had to. And he made the point, and the same thing, it's funny, he said this to me, and I didn't even bring this up to him first, because I said this on the show a couple months ago. I said, he goes, remember what we saw back during COVID with the massive buying up of hand sanitizer and toilet paper, and people were going just nuts buying toilet paper out of buying frenzies? And I said, yeah. He goes, what do you think starts happening if people start realizing that the food supply is starting to dwindle down, and then all of a sudden, certain things you want at the store aren't there. Then all of a sudden, you start seeing people stockpiling up stuff in their credit, you know, on their, their shopping carts and running out the door. And I said, well, that's exactly what I've been telling people for the last couple of years. 
I said, once that happens, I said, you'll see the supermarkets empty out in about a day or two. And I said, considering the fact that the just-in-time inventory model that most grocery stores operate on, I said, they won't even be coming close to supplying what they have back in stock. And what's interesting now, we're seeing this, this almost effort to make sure from an overall standpoint, to make sure all these things occur right at the same time. I saw this article now that's been popping up in another company from basically the uh, DTN Progressive Farmers wrote an article on it, and they're now saying that up to 10,000 head of cattle out basically in Ulysses, Kansas, have died from heat strokes and heat exhaustion. Now, I saw some of the videos of this, and it's very disturbing because, I mean, there's a video of them driving in the truck down this road, and there's cattle. They're all bloated up. And I mean, it, the video goes on and on and on. I mean, they're just, they're, they're literally just piled up in a line, like four, five, six, seven deep in a line all the way down this line. I mean, it just keeps going on and on and on and on and on and on and on. And I'm like, okay, this is odd. Are there heat waves going around Texas, Kansas, Florida, everywhere right now? Yeah. Is this something that, you know, we don't ever see? No, we always see heat waves. Is it weird that we see it this early? Yes. But, is it enough to knock out 10,000 cattle in one heading? All of a sudden, all the cattle all die from heat stroke? Or were they given something or poison in their feed? Or is there some type of directed energy weapon or active denial system or space-based weapons platform that is heating up these areas? Remember with the active denial systems that the military put together back about 25 years ago? And you can look at them. It looks like a big satellite dish. They'll put them on top of like a Humvee or an MRAP. And they shoot it in a direction. It's designed to be crowd control. And what happens is it's called an active denial system. It's basically a microwave energy platform system. And it makes you literally feel like your skin is boiling and it starts peeling off your body. That can be damaging to you, very damaging to you. It actually can cook your internal organs and kill you. But in most cases, if it's a group of individuals that are standing there, People start running in every direction to get away from it. You can look at the testing online. There's even videos of it on YouTube on how it works. We know these weapon platforms have been displayed all over the globe, even in space. Remember when we saw years ago when all of a sudden there was these random fires in California and you started seeing all these houses were burning down and there are videos, aerial videos that nobody wanted to talk about. Where, and I specifically asked the question to multiple guys I knew and they couldn't, nobody could explain it. I said, how are we having massive wildfires in these areas? And I said, the helicopter aerial views are showing video footage of houses, just the houses burnt literally to the ground in a crisp and the trees and wood fences and surrounding areas aren't burnt. I've been in Florida. I've seen controlled fires where they do that out basically in the, the towards the southern areas like Kissimmee and stuff. Guys, when you have a fire that's spreading, it burns everything in its path. You don't have it catch on to a concrete brick house and burn it to the ground while the trees and grass and wooden fences around it are completely and totally untouched. Remember the cars that were suddenly burning down to the ground right around them as well? But again, they were big sections of grass and trees that were completely unharmed. I don't know if that's what happened out here with these cattle, but I've been asking multiple people that are more knowledgeable than I am in these active denial systems. They said this is very strange to see something like this all at one time. And again, it's right when we're seeing 
beef prices go through the roof, right when you're seeing all these other issues in the food industry, including the uh, fertilizer issues. There's a organic farmer right down the road from us. Steve gets a bunch of stuff from him, too, all the time. And I was talking to Steve about it yesterday, and he said he stopped by the guys and got a bunch of food from him, and was taking it back home. And he asked the guy, you know, what what do you think is going to start happening with these food prices? And the farmer told him, he said, you have seen nothing yet. He said, we're still running and operating off last year's harvest in most cases, and in most of the stuff, this new harvest with these new prices of all this fertilizer, he goes, you're going to see prices go like exponential by the end of the year, especially going into next year. He said the food platforms are always on about a year to year and a half delay because all the stuff we buy and all the equipment and all the fertilizer, all that stuff is usually pre-purchased a year to two in advance on projections. It's not like, oh, the price went up today beyond fertilizer. Oh, next week the food's going up. He said a lot of the prices you see are already being speculated higher because they know it's going to happen next year. He goes, 2023 is probably going to be one of the most insane years when it comes to food prices we've ever seen in this country. That's what the farmer told him. He goes, I'm not trying to blow smoke or anything. I'm just telling you to be prepared. And it's interesting because I've told you guys I've had the same issues with my food suppliers, my organic food buckets, and my meat buckets, it's like every time I contact them, they're scrambling to get more ingredients, and they keep getting hit with price increases, which charge me more money. So that's why I, all that is said is that it's nothing to be scared about or even nervous about, quite frankly. There's no reason to worry about that because it's not anything you can physically control as far as what's going on with the fertilizer coming in the United States. So you have to look at it, and I always tell this to people. What can you control and what can you do about it? If you know you can basically hedge and make sure you have some adequate supplies and backup buckets or rice and beans from the store, canned food, whatever you feel is fit for you, you can do that. And basically it just gives you peace of mind knowing, okay, I see what's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. Here's what I'm going to do to prevent it from happening and hedge it and go along further like that. Just my stance on it. Also, too, in other news, this is from Zero Hedge, too, I'm on the same topic. According to the monthly survey by Purdue University, they said the rapid rise in production costs and uncertainty regarding the direction of input prices has been important contributors. It said about 44% of farmers, according to the monthly survey, have cited input costs as their biggest concern for the coming years. Exactly what I was just talking about. It goes on to say here, in fact, 60% of the farmers predict farm input prices to be at least 30% higher. Farmers are suffering under inflated input costs, which in turn is causing the crop price at the very end to go up. This is how it continues to work across the globe. And this is what I was saying exactly what the guy said to Steve yesterday. And they're talking about how a lot of the stuff that they used to buy two years ago would say be $24 a bag. They said now they're paying $46 a bag. They say this coming year, it's going to be costing them $96 a bag. That's how fast food starts going up very, very quickly, and they use it. In most cases, the banker boys have used it in many cases as a tool to continue to make sure that they keep everything under control in the direction that they want. That's how it always works. And this is why, again, if you know it's coming, get prepared for it and stay frosty. Also, too, in other news, I found this to be a very interesting article very proud of Florida on this. I'm hoping the Santez stays firm and absolutely does not comply with this nonsense. Article came out from the Miami Herald, of course, trying to eviscerate Ron DeSantis and the state of Florida. 
which is interesting because Miami's in Florida, but they always like to talk, you know, garbage about Miami and or they always talk garbage about Florida and DeSantis. This is the title of it. Every state in the entire country but Florida has pre-ordered their COVID-19 vaccines for children under five. Well, yeah. Hoorah DeSantis. They said every state has placed an order with the Fed to ensure the COVID vaccines for young children are delivered as soon as regulators authorize their use this week. Goes on to say here, however, Florida ignored the deadline and did not request delivery of any COVID-19 shots for children under five, guaranteeing a delay in access for parents all across the state. And how it's interesting, it goes on to say here, since all 49 other states have pre-placed orders, it will be delivered in two tranches beginning as early as Monday to thousands of pediatricians, office, hospitals, and pharmacies. Those facilities in Florida will not have these at the time and will remain without supply until Florida places an order. However, individual private companies like Walgreens and CVS can still order the shots and will have them available for children. Now, here's the million-dollar thing I have about this. I've said this before. A, there's no need for these shots at all for this age group. Well, in, in any age group, period. But these, this is like the most asinine age group to actually give the shot to. B, why is it still the taxpayer's responsibility to spend hundreds of millions of dollars on shots that an age group doesn't need? that hasn't been thoroughly tested, that we know has severe side effects in adults, but yet the taxpayers are supposed to pay for it. And Miami Herald's trying to play this like this is our fault, this is DeSantis' fault. No, if Walgreens and CVS want to charge money for vaccines, then they can go ahead and do so. But nobody has been able to possibly explain to me why in the world the taxpayers need to be responsible for buying RNA gene therapy emergency use only shots from a multi-billion dollar a year company like Pfizer, shoot, multi-billion, like 25 billion a quarter, whatever nonsense numbers they've been doing. So it's interesting about this now that it says right here, the, the, the Florida Department of Health has made it clear to the federal government that states do not need to be involved in the convoluted vaccine distribution process, nor do they feel that they need to be basically giving these shots to young children. Because remember, they came out, DeSantis and basically the uh, attorney general, the surgeon general, came out, remember, and they said that they're not recommending any children under the age of 18 get this shot if they're healthy. They added that clause in there, which I did not like. But they blatantly said there's no reason for it. The, the numbers aren't there. The research isn't there. And there's no understanding of what this stuff is going to do to these young children with RNA gene therapy. And this is the concept that has begun to elude so many parents and so many people in general. Is They constantly now have been brainwashed because of the mainstream media into thinking that the only way to stay healthy – is to continue to inject yourself with poison, which I, it's hard to even fathom that concept that some people. Obviously, I know I've, I've grown differently, and because of my research and because of my position and what I do, I can't fathom that concept. But still seeing people and hearing people that continue to spout this nonsense just shows you how well the brainwashing and propaganda is through the mainstream media and through the television. Remember the television, I showed you guys before, the, the patent number back in the 1950s. It was used as a mind control device. That's what they originally tested it on, to put people in front of it and basically test how they could control people's ideas and their direction and their thoughts and their actions and what they're going to do. 
is exactly what they've done here. Notice, not one single time still has the Miami Herald or any other mainstream news outlet gone into detail about the vast, extensive research of vitamin C. You know, microdose throughout the day. So you get six, seven, eight thousand milligrams throughout the day. Or discuss at all in detail about intravenous vitamin C. Or how basically quercetin and zinc work together synergistically to help out with the immune system. Or how basically um, that you also have vitamin D, which is crucial, absolutely crucial for the body's immune system. Yet doctors still don't test for vitamin D unless you request it. All the time. I hear people all the time. Yeah, I went to the doctor, and I'm not sure if I should be taking more vitamin D, and I got my blood work back. What was your D3 levels? Well, I don't know. They didn't test them. Well, you're basically shooting darts at night with a blindfold on. You, you have no idea what you're hitting. If you have no idea what your blood work is on your D3, how do you even know how much you need more? And in most cases, I mean, over 50% of the American population is deficient in vitamin D. I can't tell you how many times I've had people, they've come to me and they said, yeah, I'm getting my D3 tested. I'm going to see if I need it. They come back like at 23, 24, 25. It's, it's like always in the teens and 20s when I, when I work with people. And it's not by accident. It's because they continue to not have it tested. And if you don't take a high-quality D3 with a lanolin base, which is from sheep's wool, natural base with K2, you're not going to get adequate supply. And this – this moronic ideology that, you know, 600 IUs of D3 is all you need, which is what they call for, it literally does nothing. I've watched people that have been so deficient, they've started running our D3 10,000 K2, two and three capsules a day, 20,000, 30,000 IUs a day, and they have to run that dosage for one to two months to try to get their D3 levels up even to a healthy realm, you know, in like 30 or 40, which it needs to be higher than that. It needs to operate around 50. I've watched them before because their bodies are so deficient in D3, their body just sucks it up. So, again, do your research and don't believe what you hear pretty much on the television now because it has become abundantly clear, abundantly clear, that the mainstream media is an enemy of the people and is an enemy of freedom. There's no other way you can explain what they do, what they lie about, and how much propaganda they push without stating they are essentially – they're basically viewing American patriots as enemy combatants. That's how they're treating us right now with the propaganda machine that's happening. And the fact that Florida has not ordered any of these shots, and as of right now, from what I'm hearing, they're not planning on ordering these shots. i got to commend everybody up in Florida, up in Tallahassee, because this is a really big deal. And again, this is going to be an interesting thing, too, because if you don't see a lot of private companies fork out the dollars for these shots, because remember, it's not funny when it's your money. I always say that a lot, and Dad and I joke about that a lot, but when it's not your money, nobody cares. Now, all of a sudden, if Walgreens and CVS have to actually start buying these shots as inventory load, and they have inventory carrying costs, and they got hundreds of thousands of dollars in these facilities in these shots, and now suddenly none of the children show up because everybody starts waking up and realizing this is not a smart idea – and all these shots start going bad. So when they got to be stored at, you know, like negative 70 degrees and they go bad after a very short period of time because the RNA is so unstable. Now all of a sudden, Walgreens has to start disposing of their own cash and dumping hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars worth of vaccines in the trash. Well, when the government foots the bill via the taxpayer money that they steal from us every single year through the Internal Revenue Service and they throw the money to Pfizer, then Pfizer throws the shots to Walgreens. Nobody's paying for the shots except for us. They're essentially free to them. There is no inventory carrying costs. So they don't care 
if they order 100,000 doses and they only distribute 5,000, it's literally nothing to them. It doesn't mean anything at all. Now, all of a sudden, if Walgreens and CVS have to actually start pumping out and cutting checks, oh, whoa, 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 that's that's not how many how many shots do we actually need? I don't, I don't need a whole lot of this. Why don't, we just, why don't we just start off with a couple hundred here, see what's going to happen. It's always the difference when it's not your money. You always got to remember that, especially when you know we're footing the bill. <laughs> also, too, in other news now, what's interesting, I saw an article here that was very intriguing to show you again. That's why I kind of explained to you the, the propaganda machine that's continually just spooling up every single day. The new talking points now. I saw an article here from Larry Fink, who's the Black, who's CEO of BlackRock, total, total globalist banker boy. I mean, remember BlackRock's the one that basically has like a ten trillion dollar balance sheet, you know, assets, and uh, yeah, more than the Federal Reserve. He did an interview with Larry Summers, the former Treasury Secretary, and of course they're trying to talk about this now as the new, the new updates on what people need to be aware of and address. And they went on blatantly to say that the reason why we're seeing inflation right now is because of nationalism, because people don't trust their government as much as they should, and people don't have as much trust in the U.S. dollar, and that's why we're seeing inflation go through the roof. And it's not the Federal Reserve's fault at all. It's not the endless money printing at all. That has nothing to do with it. It's that people aren't believing their government enough and that some people are basically questioning having borders and that basically we need to be acceptance of more people coming in and getting more jobs. And, yeah, that's why we need to do it. This is what's right here. Former Treasury Secretary, he goes, I think the banana Republicans who are saying what happened on January 6th was nothing. Or it was okay. They're undermining the basic credibility of our country's institution, and that's why we're seeing these rises in prices. <laughs> Can't even make this up. Yes, so if anybody questions a stolen election that was stolen right in front of us, and they protested the Capitol, which they can legally do, anybody that does that and doesn't condemn it for being wrong, well, that's the reason why we're seeing inflation now. Guys, these people are literally scrambling at straws to try to come up with talking points to justify why what's going on. The primary reason we're seeing inflation is because we saw trillions of dollars pumped out and sent to the central banks through these massive stimulus bills that we saw during COVID and the thousands and thousands of dollars that they gave to people for free just to not work and the millions and millions of dollars they sent out to these businesses and these PPP loans and the numbers go on and on and on. Trillion dollars is a lot of money. It goes a long ways. These guys pumped out what's I think up to $6 trillion now I think it's been as far as in those bills. Then they had the other $1.9 trillion COVID relief with people they're sending checks out. This entire thing was orchestrated intentionally to do exactly what they wanted. And now, of course, the talking point all the time is, too, is also, oh, it's Putin's fault. Guys, it has nothing to do with Russia whatsoever. There may be remnants of situations and certain elements like urea exportation or fertilizer and a few other things that have started to increase the prices now, which you'll see in the next coming year and a half. But it has nothing to do with inflation. The whole reason we're seeing the gas prices through the roof is because of what they did with shutting down all the oil companies is not allowing them to basically renew their contracts, to stop their offshore drilling, to stop the Keystone Pipeline. It was all done intentionally. You always got to remember who's behind the scenes and who benefits. Then you can understand why they're actually doing it. 
Also, too, in other news, this is interesting. I told you guys yesterday, the pro-life pregnancy centers that have basically been getting firebombed. Well, I was actually wrong. There wasn't. There hasn't been just four in the last week total. There's actually been a total of 23 pro-life organizations who have been vandalized over the last month and a half since the um, incident with the leak of the Supreme Court. And, I mean, it goes down the line. All three of them in Washington State, four of them in Oregon, two of them in California, two in Texas, one in Iowa, one in Wisconsin, one in New York, one, two, three, four in Maryland, two in Virginia, one in North Carolina, and one in Hollywood, Florida. This is going to be a continued effort to try to force people into compliance. This is no longer a joke about, oh, well, we just want to be able to have abortions, blah, blah, blah. No, this is about directed terrorism, specifically trying to force people to go along with death and destruction and perversion. Now, suddenly, there's been this like manifesto released by what they're calling themselves as Jane's Revenge. This is the group that is going in and allegedly is claiming responsibility for firebombing the dozens of pro-life pregnancy centers. They have now put out a memo, a manifesto stating that they essentially are going to continue to attack and that they have fun doing it and it's easy and every single business that does not basically support abortion, they are going to go in now and they're going to start firebombing all of them. Now guys, this is this is terroristic arson. This isn't somebody throwing a match in a window and running away. This is arson. This is terrorism in its finest example. This is a group that uses the means of violence threats, and terror in order to push their agenda. Now, I have one million dollar question. These guys put out this manifesto, and I'm not even going to read part of it. I'm not even going to give them that acknowledgement. They are blatantly making claims that they're the ones who did it. And yet, suddenly, nobody can possibly figure out in the FBI, or anybody, or the ATF... (laughs) Or any of these clown agencies can possibly figure out who this group is and how to stop it. We're we're powerless to it. How do we stop these guys? But but remember, they can pick out a U-Haul randomly and find 31 guys that are all in uniform and face masks that are ready to go protest and riot at a pro-life, queer, tranny, gay agenda event. Oh, yeah, that's right. They knocked them out right out of the way. Oh, we know exactly who they are. We got an anonymous tip. So we pulled over a U-Haul, and sure it was. There's 31 guys in there with, with a smoke grenade and a shield, and they're going to riot. Oh, that yeah, that's, man, we just, boom, right out of the gate, got that one. But we got 23 facilities across the country that have been firebombed, and we have groups now that are making claims and making terroristic threats. No idea. Can't figure out who it is. Guys, the NSA... FBI, they scrub everything. They listen to everything. They monitor everything. Snowden proved that. It's gotten much worse now. These groups are funded directly by those agencies or indirectly by those agencies, I should say, through groups like George Soros. They are doing this intentionally to push their agenda. They have whatever it is, the guys on the backside of this, they love death and destruction. And the abortions have been one of the easiest, most effective ways to do that now. They go in and basically say, okay, this is we're just going to start murdering these babies. We're going to start having full-term abortions. We're going to promote it. We're going to enjoy it. 
we're going to like it, and then we're going to sell their body parts to basically chemistry and research and science so they can take aborted fetal tissue and they can put it in the injections, and then they can take those injections and they can shoot them right back into the young children. Think about how sadistic that is when you really write it down and look at it. It's unbelievably dark and sadistic, and it goes way further of an agenda that obviously is beyond this world that they're trying to promote. They're injecting our young children with body parts and tissue of babies that have been killed right outside the womb, in or out. And they're telling you, you need to get this shot injected into your children. They've already stated the Pfizer and the Moderna shot, they used aborted field tissue in those shots. Now we're taking those same shots and we're saying, that, oh, the taxpayers need to pay for them, and then we're going to inject them into these children six months old to four years old. Well, because it's science, right? It's science. That's why we're doing it. It's science. you got you got to believe the science. No, this has nothing to do with science. This is Satanism in its finest example. People have to start calling it out for what it is. So FBI, ATF, y'all clowns, I know you probably listen to this show. <laughs> why don't you guys actually do something productive for once in your miserable existence and stop trying to justify your own budget and actually stop groups that are firebombing pro-birthing centers? Just be a thought. It would be nice for you all to do that for once in your life. I know you guys are great at burning down buildings, you know, like the Branch Davidians did a really good job at that, killing 76 women and children. You know, maybe maybe figure out how to get involved with these guys and infiltrate them since you guys do great jobs with infiltrating people that are going to go walk down the street and protest. Just, just a thought there. <laughs> also, too, in other news – and this is something that I never thought I would actually even hear. Granted, I know some of these attorney generals and these governors have become so sick on every level. This, again, shows you where they are and what their ideology is. Michigan Attorney General Dana Nelson has now come out publicly and called for drag queens to be in every school. I kid you not. She made these comments during a civil rights conference in Lansing after she falsely had claimed that critical race theory being caught, taught in the school was a hoax and that there was no critical race theory when there is blatantly critical race theory being taught in the schools. And she goes on to say, you know, what's not a problem for kids who are seeking a good education? Drag queens. So she said, not only are they not hurting our kids, Drag queens make everything better, she added. Drag queens are fun. Drag queens are entertainment. And you know what else I'll say that was totally not poll tested? We need a drag queen for every school, Nelson said as the crowd cheered and applauded. That is what would be fun for kids and lift them up when they're having emotional issues. I can't even fathom the fact that this woman publicly said this. Now, if you live up in Michigan, I know I have some listeners up in Michigan. I highly encourage you to absolutely call this lady out, this nightmarish pervert out online. Emails, phone calls, social media. She needs to get absolutely eviscerated in the public eye for making comments like this. It's bad enough that she even would think something like this, but the fact that she's actually blatantly promoting it and saying that we need to have a drag queen in every school because it's safe for kids. The connection between the perversion and sexual perversion to kids is not 
is not something that's unfounded. There's been significant research on why children do not need to be exposed to this. This is why there's things called adult entertainment that have an 18-year-old or 21-year-old requirement to visit or view or go to that establishment. It has been long tested and long researched that young children have no business being exposed to any of this at all. And really, there's no good reason for adults to be involved in it. But adults, consenting adults, if they want to go be involved in this in the privacy of their own homes, that's on them. Don't want to see it. Don't want to know about it. This goes way beyond that. We already know there's a huge connection between these drag queen shows and pedophiles and the sex offenders using them to get close to children. This has been long established. We, I previously talked about Governor Greg Abbott in Texas ordered an investigation and an allegation by a parent that a teacher took his son to a drag queen story hour that was attended by convicted sex offenders. There's also been another investigation where a convicted sex offender was a drag queen and basically exposed himself to children. There's another one, the former head of the Cream City Foundation, which sponsored the Drag Queen Story Hour in Milwaukee, was arrested on charges of possessing child pornography. It was also revealed that the Houston Public Library allowed registered sex offenders to read to children's how they drug Drag Queen Story Hour. There's one of the other programs where 38-year-old Alberto Garza was convicted of sexually assaulting an 8-year-old boy in 2008. He was reading to children at a Drag Queen Story Hour. I can literally go down the line with this, and I don't want to make the show turn into that. This has been repetitive. Majority of the tranny cross-dressing perverts that are out there are pedophiles. If they are not, they think about it, and they talk about it. There's no good reason for grown men that want to pretend that their girls all dressed up in tranny gear want to go read books to five- and six-year-old children. What possible reasoning would these perverted individuals want to go do that for, except for the sole purpose of them own, them trying to groom these children and fantasize about them? That's it, period. So again, this lady up there in Michigan, y'all attorney, your attorney general, Dana Nelson, she needs to get ousted, absolutely needs to get basically pulled back out of where she is. You guys need to get a good attorney general in that position. Because the fact that you have somebody in this position that has that much power as the attorney general does – and she's blatantly coming out and saying this publicly, guys, that's a bad precedent. You have to understand, we're not, we can't just be holding the line anymore with this. We have to get openly proactive. These perverts aren't holding the line. They're not retracting. They're blatantly pursuing their agenda. They're not slowing down. They're full attack with bayonets fixed. They're not trying to be nice. They're not trying to be low-key anymore. They're not trying to be, you know, basically covert. They're right in front of everybody doing this, which means we have to be doing the exact same with the opposite direction, talking about biblical values and talking about protecting our young children 100%. Also, too, in other news, this is interesting. It looks like the maybe a possible false flag was averted. Thank goodness the sheriff's department in Duncanville, Texas – are right on point like they're supposed to be. The Duncanville Police Department basically took care of a active shooter that went to a summer camp for kids and basically pulled out a pistol and ran into the camp and started shooting at everybody. Thank goodness none of the children were hit at the time. Law enforcement had a two-minute response time. 
The sheriffs that showed up already were in full kit with rifles as far as outside, ready to go. Breached as soon as they had any backup on them. Two-minute response time. All surrounding units in the area, and they went in. This guy basically barricaded himself in a back room. The other kids had basically barricaded themselves in another room, and uh, they came in and basically shot him. Now, weird situation. Not much is coming about it. Nobody's really talking about it because obviously it doesn't fit the narrative. But it appears to me that this definitely was a situation that was going to be set up again, kind of like we saw at the other shooting just not too long ago at that school, that elementary school. And uh, basically the sheriffs that were ready for ready to go didn't hesitate. I mean, as soon as they got there, they were on point. They said, no, this isn't happening today, not in Duncanville. So I got to commend the law enforcement for just absolutely hitting this place as hard as they could, as fast as they could, and dropping this guy. But I definitely think this was supposed to be another orchestrated shooting at a summer camp this time now. Because remember, the school shootings are basically, it's summertime. All the schools are out. So what's the next thing you can do to try to further your agenda? Right when they're trying to push the gun narratives as far as restricting stuff, summer camp. So, again, my, my, I commend these officers for being there that fast and being going in and breaching immediately, no hesitation whatsoever. And uh, these guys definitely did their job, and they did it well. And this is why, again, who gets called when a bad guy with a gun is there? A good guy with a gun. Sometimes law enforcement can't respond in two minutes. Sometimes they can't breach entry that fast. Sometimes they're told to stand down and they let the situation continue to escalate intentionally, like in Parkland, like the other one that just happened in the elementary school. Over an hour, them standing outside, scratching their heads, arresting parents for trying to go in and get their kids out. That absolutely is unacceptable. That's why it's so important, especially if you're out with your family, if you're a dad, Letting you know this right now, you have to be their security. You have to watch out what's going on around you. You have to be alert, and you absolutely have to have the means, the skills, and the weaponry to be able to handle a situation if it happens. Hesitation gets you killed very quickly. Fast is smooth. doesn't mean you have to be the fastest gunfighter on the block, but it means you have to be proficient enough to handle yourself, not be fumbling your gun not be tripping over yourself, to understand how to handle yourself in that situation and to handle it accordingly. Same thing goes with understanding your backdrop. The last thing you want to do if something like that occurs is start shooting at somebody, basically rounds going through them or you're missing and they're going through a drywall and hitting somebody on the next side. Remember that happened in California, horrific incident, where you had that crazy meth head in that convenience store was dragging that woman around and beating her with a bike lock. Crazy story. The cop deploys in with his AR-15. They shoot the guy. The rounds go through him. They go through the drywall right behind him. They hit a 14-year-old girl in the dressing room right in the face. Killer. Horrible situation. Now, did he know anybody was in the dressing room? No. But again, when you're running a high-powered rifle like that, 5.56 cartridge, you know, probably running green tips in them, they're 3,200 feet per second. They go through everything, man. That's why I recommend if you have an AR-15 and you're using it for you know, a security measure, especially in a house, put something in it like spear hollow points, something that is not going to have as much deep penetration through walls. Staff round still probably going to exit a body. They actually will. 
but at least if it hits a wall behind it, in most cases, the velocity will be decreased because it's a hollow point. It's not going to have as much penetration. You're running like XM855, the green tip rounds from Lake City. Those are They have steel core penetrator buttons on them. They're designed to go through light armor, which means they will go through walls very easily. So understand your ammunition that you're using as well in a defensive manner. The same thing also goes for pistols. If you're running a pistol, you obviously want to have the most stopping power physically possible. If you're carrying a 9mm, you've got to make sure you're running a hydroshock or a hollow point. FMJ 9mm go right in and out, right in and out. They don't even slow down. And so, again, you want to have the best stopping power. And you don't want to have any collateral damage on the backside of that. Something to understand when you're seeing situations like this occur and making sure you're staying prepped, strong, and mentally ready for it. You know, I got another another rifle pistol class I think I'm going to run over there uh, with my buddy who's basically a retired ranger. Go train with him next month again. So we did, we did that vehicle class last month, which that's that's always an interesting one. It wasn't my first time doing it. I had a couple of my buddies that were that did it for their first time. And uh, they had told me, you know, because I always run, you know, short barrels on my ARs when I'm doing vehicle classes. I run, you know, 10-inch, 10.5-inch. And he told me the first time we were doing team tactics in it, we got done. He's like, my gosh, that rifle is loud inside that car. And I said, yeah, and we're wearing ear pro, you know, and eyes and everything else. I said, this is not something you would want to shoot if you're in the car. But if you had to, you had to. I said, it's always best to try to get out if you have to or drive. That's the biggest thing. You don't want to stop. If you're in a situation, that's why they made this legal in Florida. If you're in a situation where somebody is trying to basically hit you, shoot you, grab you, you don't stop the car. It doesn't matter. You drive through anything you have to. Now, if the vehicle becomes, you know, you get spike strips, even at that, though, you can run on the wheels for a short period of time. But if you hit a barrier or something or you get boxed in, at that point, you've got to get out of the vehicle. You've got to deploy. Cars are a bullet magnet, and that's what Jeff told me, especially when they were over there in Afghanistan, a lot of stuff in the early stuff of Iraq before they started having a lot of armor on the Humvees. So the Humvees were bullet magnets back then. They had hardly any armor on them. He said, so if they were in a closed area, if they got boxed in, dude, you had to deploy out of the truck and get cover. He said, you're just going to get machine gunned down with those things, especially if they're running basically tacticals with 50 cals. They just go right through it. That's why they started building the MRAPs over there so they could handle 50 cals and basically RPGs and blasts and stuff and not get blown up from the IEDs. So, again, as I digress, I'm going to a whole other topic on this. This is why it's so important, and this is why, too, you've got to continue to make sure we're contacting our senators right now. They're still debating this stinking gun bill that they're trying to push through. These guys need to get, I mean, verbally slapped for even considering this stuff, there's 10 Republicans that are talking about going through this with the more expanded red flag gun laws, federal red flag gun laws, and all this stuff. Guys, red flag gun laws, we're going to look back in 10 to 20 years, and it's going to be like the 1986 with the Hughes Amendment, and everybody's going to slap themselves in the head and say, why in the world do we ever even tolerate this stuff? Red flag gun laws are used very, very commonly by the officials in the government to seize a weapon from somebody that they deem to be dangerous. Here's the problem with that. Are there some cases where somebody is mentally defective or they're on drugs and they don't need to have a firearm? 100% yes. That is very common. Are there other times, though, that this thing can be actively used if it gets into the wrong hands for essentially, say, a government agency to come in and say, well, we've deemed by our risk assessment – and by our algorithm 
and by our data logging and by what we see to you to be a imminent threat uh, because we flagged some words and some things you've said on social media and our behavior sensing software, uh, we think you're a potential threat now. And we've got to basically take your firearms. Yes, that's what I personally think the red flag gun laws are being used. That's why they keep expanding the scope of the verbiage on a lot of these. And they continue to make it more and more vague till it reaches a point now where you're going to have anybody. This has happened before where you have an ex-spouse or ex-girlfriend that basically gets in a fight or they have an argument. They have a big disagreement. And all of a sudden they come in and say, all right, well, guess what? I'm mad at him, so I'm calling the cops, and I'm going to tell the cops that he's got a gun and he's threatening me. The cops, a lot of times before they even go do anything, they'll either try to make contact or they'll straight up go to the judge and say, we have to have an emergency red flag issued immediately. We've got to go take this man's firearms, and they've done it, and including one guy end up getting killed up there in the northern state. I forgot where it was. I don't have the story in front of me. It was a couple of years ago, if you remember that. He had a disagreement with a family member. She called the cops on him. Cops basically came to his door and said, dude, we need to take your guns. The guy was like, dude, you can go kick rocks. I haven't done anything. I said, no, you're a threat to everyone. You've made threats and gestures last night at dinner. He goes, I'm making threats? And basically told my sister-in-law she's a moron. Now she's mad at me calling y'all. And they end up getting in doggone altercation with him. The cops in his house. They end up killing him. Killing him on the spot over what? Over some, you know, family member that wanted to be basically a, you know, a, just somebody that <laughs> I try not to call them out for what they are. Basically, somebody that absolutely has no business even putting their opinion out there. Yes, that's how it escalates that fast. That's why it's so important. You have to make sure as well. I've told people this. Be very cautious on your vehicles now of putting a lot of gun stickers on them. Back in the day, it was a great deterrent because a lot of times you put a Glock sticker, you put a rifle sticker on your car, you know, uh, maybe in a burglar or a, or a carjacker that basically sees your vehicle or maybe casing your vehicle. Your windows aren't tinted. He sees somebody in there, like a woman in there, but all of a sudden he sees a big Glock sticker on the window. A lot of times it was a deterrent. They go, eh, I don't know, man. Maybe this, maybe this guy's got a pistol on him. I'm just going to pick a different car, right? Well, the problem is now, and I've heard of this personally. I'm not, I'm not personally having to me. I've personally heard stories of this happening in Central Florida where – Somebody will get into a road rage incident because road rage is something fierce in Florida. We got some wild people down here in the wild west of I-4. And all of a sudden, somebody basically gets in a road rage. They're running off the road. They're acting a fool. And a lot of times they're driving like they shouldn't be driving. And I've heard this happen. Basically, guy had a bunch of gun decals all over his truck, all over his truck. Basically, guy uh, that basically was all mad road rage beside him called Highway Patrol, Florida Highway Patrol. Dispatch, I got somebody running me off the road. We're both, well, he didn't say were. He basically, I think he told him basically this is road rage guy pushing me off the road. He's got a gun. He waved a gun. He's basically threatening me with a gun now. And from what I had heard from the story, the guy in the truck never pulled a firearm, never brandished a firearm. Well, Florida Highway Patrol took that threat very, very seriously. They pulled him over. They had their weapons drawn already. And they basically said, dude, you got a call and you threatened someone with a gun. I goes, I, I didn't throw anybody with a gun. You know, we got a big spat on the road, but that's it. I said, well, do you have a firearm in the vehicle? <laughs> well, yeah, I have a firearm on my person right now. Oh, boy. So then you got to go through that whole backlash. And it, 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 it ha that happens. And it may not necessarily escalate that far, but again, 
the more you're starting to see the media promote the fact that it's okay to go steal somebody's firearm simply because you don't like their viewpoint or you don't like what they say or you don't like basically anything they do, that's a very, very bold assertion to start putting out there that absolutely has no positive benefits whatsoever. For example, now you see over in the UK, which that's they don't have any firearm rights over there at all, but you're seeing the more they're trying to censor anybody and prevent people from being able to have the truth. What makes you think they won't start using red flag gun laws to censor firearm possession? They're already doing it with verbs, you know, with your verbiage, with your words, with your posts, with your online. I mean, it's like every time I turn around, I hear about somebody going into Facebook jail or getting restricted on IG, Twitter, banning people all the time now. I mean, it's, it's so unprecedented. It's insane. Well, a UK man now went to jail for 20 weeks for the crime of posting offensive George Floyd memes in a private WhatsApp and Facebook group chats. Former police officer James Watts found himself in hot water after another person left the group chat and sicked the social media mob on him by tweeting some of the screenshots from the message. They don't say former work colleague now serving police officer sent these in a group chat. What hope is there in police in the UK sharing these? After having his phone seized and being placed under investigation, 31-year-old Watts was subsequently charged with sending grossly offensive messages. Yes, that is a charge in the UK. Watts was ordered to pay a compliant $75 compensation with $115 in court costs and a 125-pound victim surcharge. Despite cooperating with police and admitted wrongdoing, Watts was told by the chief magistrate But the fact remains that over a period of about a month, you continue to post messages which were grossly offensive. The judge also told Watts that he should have known better, received training in relation to diversity and inclusion. The hostility you demonstrated on the basis of race makes this offended so serious that I cannot deal with it by a community penalty or a fine. And basically went and did 20 weeks in jail. I'm not joking. For basically posting offensive memes in a private chat. Always be careful as well, my friends, when you're in a group chat of things you say. Anything you say in a group chat, just think, am I okay with everybody seeing this or everybody reading this? Then if the answer is yeah, I don't care. I'm completely okay with that. Then you're in good water. But anything you say in a group chat, remember, you don't you may know everybody in the group chat, but there's a lot of different personalities on a group chat, especially if you got five, eight, ten, fifteen people in there. Always be aware of that. Because when I saw this, I was like, this is unprecedented. He's making jokes about the George Floyd thing, which that that whole thing got so overblown out of proportion. That cop was wrong. He went to jail. George Floyd was a doper. He was twacked out on meth and fentanyl. He used fake money. He should have gotten arrested. The officer was out of line sitting on his neck for seven minutes. The whole thing was a debacle. But the fact that they tried to turn around and make that man some type of hero, George Floyd, and putting monuments and statues and murals and basically made him a god among men was a complete and total embarrassment to the United States of America. The man died, sadly enough. The officer went to prison, but the whole thing was completely and totally wrong on both sides. He was no hero. He simply was twacked out on meth and fentanyl and blew his heart up while he was basically getting choked out by a cop. That's what happened. Now, a lot of people may get mad at me about that, but it's a situation that was just crappy all the way around. 
but turning him into some kind of martyr that everybody bowed down to and worshipped, and nobody could speak his name in a negative manner now. If you make a meme about him, you suddenly are going to jail because it's offensive in a group chat. Guys, that is a bad precedent to start doing. That's what we've seen now with comedy, with a lot of these comedians. And some of them are very crude. I don't watch them. Some of them are very, you know, just raw about stuff. But at the end of the day, if it's offensive, get over it. If you don't like it, don't watch it. <laughs> Nobody's forcing you to watch their stand-up comedy. Nobody's forcing you to be in a group chat. Nobody's forcing you to sit there holding your hands down with handcuffs, zip-tying your eyes open, and making you watch the stuff. People have to start realizing nobody cares about your feelings in the most part in the real world. Your family, your really close friends, your children, yes, in the real world, in the scope of things, nobody cares. The whole reason they've promoted this is because they want to censor everyone and not allow them to talk about the perversion that's going on, like with the drag queen story hours. When all of a sudden did we take this giant leap into this abyss of morons to where suddenly cross-dressing perverts that are trannies are suddenly some protected species and nobody's allowed to make any type of comment about them whatsoever. It's like completely foreboding. But everybody else is still on, you know, open for game, for jokes. When did that start happening? It didn't start happening with me. I don't care. I'm equal joke opportunist. I'll make fun of everybody if they're doing something stupid. Just like I'll make fun of myself sometimes I'm doing something stupid. But that, that was something else, Austin. You did it with that one. Guys, you gotta be able to joke around about certain things. This certain topic. You gotta be able to joke around just about anything. Can't be too serious about everything. Because at the end of the day, what's, what's that one comment say? Nobody's getting out alive anyways. <laughs> at some point in time we're all getting our time card punched. And that's why as long as you have a relationship with Jesus, dude, you're good. You know, continue to stay strong, live your life down here on this globe that we're living on, enjoy your family, enjoy your kids, protect them the best of their ability, especially the kids. The kids to me are my number one priority with everything as far as with the world because they deserve to have an upbringing that's pure. They don't – all these children, they don't deserve this. They don't deserve to be exposed to this cross-dressing perversion, these, these pedophile queers trying to run around. They don't deserve this. They sure as heck don't deserve to get injected with RNA gene therapy at six months old or five years old or 12 years old. Just like these girls that got the HPV shot, all started going sterile, spontaneous, basically, uh, you know, losing their none, – none of them going into basically um, – I forgot the name for it. Basically, they're just going to like spontaneous menopause, like 12, 13 years old. Done. Sterile. They didn't deserve that. But again, it's parents that are negligent, that aren't actually reading, thinking, waking up, speaking up, asking questions. It's your responsibility as a parent. You have to ask questions about what your children are being exposed to, given, or basically being told they have to do. Continue to stand up for them, my friends. It's our biggest priority because they're the young ones. They're the next generation. Thank you again for the support of Health Masters. As we see these videos and the stuff, like I said, with those those cows earlier in Kansas, 10,000 of them they're saying now. And this is just tip of the iceberg, as you've seen now, over 90 different incidents have occurred, either with fire, with, you know, with arson, or with vandalism, or with having to slaughter chickens. 
They're cutting the food supply out as fast as they can right now. They're doing it on purpose while the prices are going through the roof. 2023 is going to be an interesting year. So, again, continue to stay prepped. Continue to stay prepared. If you guys need anything, healthmasters.com. Have the organic food bucket two packs in right now. That's it as far as the biggest deal on them simply because I have a very hard time getting more right now. But I want to make sure everybody has the ability to have access to them along with the meat buckets as well. Resveratrol Plus on sale is product of the week. And be sure to check out the – uh, product, product of the week, Muscle Blast, excuse me, Resveratrol is on super sale. Muscle Blast, our BCAA formula, probably one of my number one top products when it comes to intra-workout training. Every single person I know that I've given it to or let them try it has worked out with me, and they try it, and they're like, dude, this stuff is killer because it really helps out with muscle endurance. It really helps out with fatigue prevention and stamina, especially, like I said, if you're doing a lot of cardiovascular training, I know guys that use it a lot during CrossFit, guys that are doing a lot of just real intense training, it really helps you push through it without any type of stimulants at all, but a real, true bioactive amino acids that your body can just suck right up and feed the muscles while you're training. So again, thank you. Get the truth out to my friends. Keep standing up for what's going on. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night, and I'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.